We're going to go back on back in the Old Testament, the book of Ezra, third chapter. The book of Ezra, chapter 3, and we're going to read the first three verses. Hallelujah. I tell you what, the Holy Ghost, when He gets to moving any, any more on me, man, I'm gonna, after it's over with, I'm just wore out. I'm going to tell you, hallelujah. As Brother Paul says, or Paul, uh, Paul Moore, says, I don't know how much this old, more this old body can stand. I'm, I'm beginning to have his sentiments. Hallelujah. Ezra chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. And when the seventh month had come, and the children of Israel were in the cities, the people gathered together as one man to Jerusalem. Then Jeshua, the son of Zadok, the, uh, the bro- um, uh, and his brethren, the priest, and Zerubbabel, the son of Shetel, and his brethren, arose and built the altar of the God of Israel to offer burnt offerings on it, and it is written in the law of Moses, the man of God. Though fear had come upon them because of the people of those countries, they set the altar on its basis, or on its foundation. And they offered burnt offerings on it to the Lord, both the morning and the evening burnt offerings. Let's pray, Lord, as we come to you today. We thank you and we praise you for this service you've given us today. Thank you for this powerful outpouring of your spirit. And now, God, as we come, God, to get of your word, I ask if you'll speak to us today. Speak to us to our heart from your heart, which you would have us to have, Lord, this morning. In Jesus' name we ask and pray that the church say, you can be seated. Very shortly, I want to talk to you this morning on the subject titled, The Priority of the Altar. The Priority of the Altar. When God has a plan, a purpose, a direction for any people. There are some first steps which need to take place as a priority over everything else. My dad used to, uh, his generation had the saying, some people get the cart before the horse. Uh, and uh, I think most everybody can understand and relate to what I'm talking about when I mention that. Uh, when God has a plan, a purpose, and a direction, there's got to be some first steps taken. Too many people like to jump way ahead just to get out there and turn around and holler at everybody else, look how far I've come. But it's not about that. It's about getting ourselves in shape and order where God can use us in the way that He wants to use us. Hallelujah. Now, we have to learn, as the Apostle Paul said, to be content in whatever state that we're in. He said, I've learned that whatever state I'm in, and he wasn't talking about either Tennessee or Kentucky. He said, but I've learned that whatever state I'm in, whatever condition I find myself, there to be content. Hallelujah. One reason why I'm standing here before you today as pastor it's because I was content when I was a whole lot less. Amen. One writer said in the Psalms, he said, just to be a doorkeeper in the house of my God. We need to, we need to learn contentment 
into what God is wanting to do in our life. Because God does not do every, every time what we think He should do. That's how come that there's some priorities that we have to get lined up when God begins to move in a certain direction. A house will never stand if a proper foundation is not laid in place. You can doom yourself for failure from the get-go by not making the proper steps first. Amen. A sure way for failure for anything you start, you can, you can doom yourself for failure right up to get-go by not taking the proper first steps. Now, the Israelites in the text that we read here had spent 70 years of captivity in Babylon. Jerusalem and the temple had been laid waste and ruined. Now God had called His people to go back to their homeland and ordain certain men to orchestrate the rebuilding of the city and also the temple. But as they gathered together in unity of purpose, the first thing they did was to erect an altar. It's great they came together uh, in unity of purpose. That's important. But I want you to understand the first thing they did, they got back to Jerusalem after 70 years and they found the whole city a pile of heap. It was a bunch of rubbish. It was all tore down. There was nothing there. When they got there, the first thing they did, amen, as they gathered together in unity, was to erect an altar. There was no temple, but they had an altar. There was no wall, but they had an altar. There was not even a city, but they still had an altar. Their priority was the altar. I'm here to tell you today, there's a lot of things we would like to have. A lot of things we want to have. There's a lot of things we would like to do. And maybe a lot of things we want to do. But the first thing on the list, if you're going to do anything for God, is to make sure there is an altar in your life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So I want to talk about that just for a few minutes on the priority of an altar. And this is the way we're going to go about it. We're going to talk about, I'm going to bring out certain facts that we know about the altar, that we need to know about the altar. Some of these things we covered uh, some time back when we was teaching on the uh, uh, tabernacle on Wednesday nights. But um, people in our day, we, we get confused. And uh, we call these benches here altars. But this... These, right, what we got sitting up each side of this, uh, on this platform this morning is not what a biblical altar is. That's what modern man has built and called an altar. That's, that's nowhere, shape, form, or fashion, any kind of way of what an altar is, according to the Scriptures. And so we want to talk a little bit about some facts that we need to understand about an altar and what really happens and what goes on there. The altar, number one, is a place of sacrifice. When I'm talking about the priority of an altar in your life, I'm not, I'm not telling you men that you need to ignore your wife and your children three hours every night somewhere in a room holding your knees 
in prayer. That ain't what I'm talking about. The priority of an altar, number one, is the need for some sacrifice in your life. Because the altar is a place of sacrifice. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 reads like this, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a what? Living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Hallelujah. Present yourselves, present your bodies a living sacrifice. This is what we're talking about, the necessity of, a, of a, the priority of an altar being in your life. There's a lot of church-going people today that don't know a flat thing about sacrifice. Everybody you run into calls himself Christian. Paul said, I beseech you, therefore, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Uh, we, don't, we don't offer up animals any longer to God. We don't bring turtle doves or lambs or uh, 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 all those different kinds of animals and, and make up an off, uh, a sacrifice because Christ became the perfect Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. Amen? But personal sacrifice of our bodies as an act of devotion to God is still very much needed. Some people think just because Jesus made the perfect sacrifice and the veil of the temple was rent, and they say, oh, that's over with, there ain't no such thing as sacrifice no more. I want you to know, if there ain't going to be no sacrifice in your life, you're not going to make it to heaven. You ain't going to get there. Don't make no difference. How, how, how wrinkled your flesh gets because you get soggy in the water because the pastor dipped you under so many times. Hallelujah. That's not where the saving power is. Hallelujah. You got to, we all got to learn to present our bodies a living sacrifice. There's got to be a personal sacrifice of our bodies as an act of devotion to God. It's still very much... Now, church, this is speaking of a living, holy, before God, unspotted by the world. It's a subject that you do not hear spoken about very much today. You don't hear it preached. You don't hear it taught. Because people just don't like it. But the Word of God still says God's people has to present themselves a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable. Now, when He said, when he said acceptable, then you shouldn't get the idea that He'll accept just anything. As Brother Harrison used to talk about an awful lot. Hallelujah. Amen. God is not going to accept everything. Just because I bring a sacrifice unto God don't mean God's going to accept that sacrifice. There's a process that I've got to go. There's things that I've got to do that God will honor the sacrifice that I've given to Him. Hallelujah. Amen. So, living a holy, consecrated life, a dedicated life, Amen. Before God, unspotted and unblemished by the world. The last time I checked in my Bible, the Bible, the verse says that He's coming back after church without spot, blemish, wrinkle. Hallelujah. Now, I can't 
I can't do that, and you can't do that, but He can do it through us. This is, this is not, I mean, there again, just like salvation is not a work of man, salvation is a work of God, holiness is not a work of man, it's a work of God. But you've got to allow God to do the work in you. That's where the problem comes in. Hallelujah. I've, made, I've heard people make the statement, well, I ain't going to change, ain't nobody going to change me. Man, that's a terrible statement to make. Hallelujah. I don't try to change nobody. If the, if the Holy Spirit touching your heart can't work a change within you, then it's not worth it anyway. Hallelujah. Amen. So, the priority of an altar. An altar is a place of sacrifice. But there are different kinds of sacrifices. That's not the only kind, and I'm not going to just linger on that. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 15. Therefore, by Him... Let us continually offer the sacrifice of what? Praise. Praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. <laughs> Glory! Mm, hallelujah. Your time at the altar becomes an area of worship and praise. The altar is not a fixed object. I said it when I started. When you talk about an altar, don't think about a fixed object because it's not a fixed object no more. The altar used to be built in a certain way, had a certain dimension about it, and had to set in a certain place. It's not like that no more. It's over with. I know I taught on, on, on the tabernacle, but I only teach on the tabernacle to point us what God is doing now. Hallelujah. But the fixed altar is no more. The ark of the covenant knows no more. You need to understand where the presence rests today. Hallelujah. It ain't in a golden box. But it, he said we have this boy in earthen vessels. Hallelujah. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. Let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. The altar is not a fixed object that you can pray to or lay a sacrifice down. You make an altar anywhere you begin to offer up a spiritual sacrifice in love, and adoration to Him. There were some sacrifices going on this morning in here. There were some spiritual sacrifices going on. This whole place became an altar this morning. It wasn't just happening here. But it was all over the house. The whole place, the altar is not, it's not in a fixed position. It's not in a fixed place. And you're offering sacrifices unto God... When you praise Him, when you worship Him, when you come to Him with love and adoration, you've given Him praise, that's what makes God begin to pour down His blessing and begin to move. Hallelujah. Glory to God, when the praises go up, the glory comes down. Hallelujah. So the altar, church, is a place of sacrifice. Hallelujah. And we all need to have that priority in our life. Number two, the second thing and the final thing, the altar is a place of death. There's an old Hebrew word. I may, I may not have brought this out when I was teaching on the tabernacle. I don't know. But there's an old, uh, really, really I, I don't think it's Hebrew. I think it's, uh, I think it's Aramaic. Uh, that the word altar come from, it means slaughter place. Slaughter place. Uh, 
There's all kind of beauty and glory inside the tabernacle once you get behind the curtain. There's things of gold, and there's all kind of royalty and the beautiful colors. And, oh man, all, all kind of beauty on the inside. But, man, there was nothing but a stink at the altar. There was nothing but a stink out there in that desert, slaughtering animals right and left, the sun baking down on that stuff. I mean, you know, old farm boys, southern boys, they say, you know, Southern boys can survive. You know, we, we wait for those nice, cool, crisp, crisp morning. You could hear the old, I remember the old time and say, hey, man, it's a good day to kill hogs. You imagine in the middle of a desert, 115 degree weather, the sun just baking down there, and dead animals just being, uh, uh, laying everywhere, blood, amen. I'm going to tell you, the altar is not a pretty place. It's, it's, it's not a place that would draw your attention. It's a place that, 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 that it's kind of a, becomes repulsive. Have you ever smelled something that was literally repulsive to you? That you mean you just couldn't literally stand to be around it? That's the place, that's the way that the altar was. It wasn't, hey, it, 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 it wasn't, it wasn't no a place of sweet, uh, smelling perfume right there. They had some incense going on back there in the holy place once you made it that far, but you had to get past this stuff first. Hallelujah. Oh, God's got some beautiful stuff for you in the holy place. Listen to me now. God's got some glorious things. He got some beautiful perfume. He's got some. He got some bread for you to eat. He's got some light for you to look by. Hallelujah, glory to God. But man, you've got to make a trip at the altar first. You got to get down in the mud. Hallelujah, in the blood. Hallelujah. That's what separates a lot of true Christians from from just uh, uh, you know people calling themselves Christians. The altar and everything it represents has just becomes too repulsive to them. But an altar is a place of death. It's a place of death. Romans chapter 6, verse 11 through 13 reads like this. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lust. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourself to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Hallelujah. Church, the altar is where we die to sin. Sin is a taskmaster. Hallelujah. Who will, who will be your Lord if you don't die to sin and become alive to God? Hallelujah. You might not know it and realize it, but every one of us has got a Lord. The Lord's either Jesus Christ or it's, an, it, it's our own sinful flesh. One or the other. But we are, we are following some kind of taskmaster. We're following some kind of Lord. And the altar is a place of death. Hallelujah. It's where we die out to sin, die out to the world, Die out to ourself. Die out to our to our own personal agendas. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So you see, when the children of Israel left Babylon and God opened the door and they all got back home, the city was in 
shambles. No temple. Some people say, well, you know, the first thing we got to do is we got we got we got to get the wall built up. You notice that the scripture said they had some fear because they had they had some enemies around that didn't want to see Amen Jerusalem get built back. They, they, they had some fear. They was concerned about the enemies around about. So, but they didn't take time to build the wall first. They, they didn't call Nehemiah up and his boys that you find in the book of Nehemiah and got the wall built first. The first thing they did was erect an altar, set it on its foundation. It's the first thing. I'm going to tell you, folks, you got some fear in your life or you got some concern in your life. Is there, is there some anxiety in your life that you're struggling with, that you're, that you're dealing with, that's causing you uneasiness and, uh, or whatever it may be? I'm going to tell you, there's no better place to get that taken care of than an altar. No better place. Coming to God with a sacrifice, presenting yourself, sacrificing and worship and praise unto Him, giving Him glory and honor, and then dying. Letting death. Jesus made a statement um, uh, in, um, let's see, if I can remember the Scripture. I, I, mean, I don't know if I wrote it down or not. Yeah, Jesus made a statement in John, the 24th chapter. John 12th chapter and 24th verse, he says, Unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much, much fruit and much grain. Now, I realize that he was, he was in, in a way, he was talking to his disciples about his death, about what was going to have to happen to him. But that's a principle that's not, well, it's not only for him, that's, that's a principle for all of us who wants to bring forth fruit and be producers in the kingdom of God. We've got to first be willing to die. Hallelujah. We've got to first be willing to die. The top priority in every believer's life is dying out to self every day of our lives. Death, death is not pretty. Death is not desirable. There's not nothing desirable about death. Nothing pretty about death. But if we are going to produce fruit for God, we must first die. We must first die. I want Brother Darrell to come uh, to get a course. God has taken us to every, every new levels around here. Um, we're a whole lot like the children of Israel. That's when they crossed into the promised land. I believe Brother Joseph mentioned this in his message. He read a script, the scripture that said that, uh, you know, you ain't, you, you ain't passed this way before. Where you're going, you ain't never been before. God wants to take us all to a place in Him that none of us has never been. Can't nobody sit around and brag about it because ain't nobody been there. He wants to take us to a place that none of us has been. But if we want to make that journey, if we want to get to a place in God where we ain't never been yet, we're going to have to, we're going to, have to start at the altar. Hallelujah. Yep. We've got to start at the altar. There's got to be a priority in our life. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Everybody stand together. I know there's a lot of people praying and seeking God and worshiping a while ago. There still might be some needing prayer or something. You'd like to get prayer.
in some kind of way. We're going to give you that opportunity. As Brother Darrell uh, leads us in a, in, a, in a course, let's just worship God and meditate upon Him for this hallelujah. hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. service. Hallelujah. And I appreciate that. We want to be in prayer for those that are not here today. We want to pray for them. Pray for the service tonight that uh, God will just um, uh, do what He wants again. Amen. Tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. Is there any praise reports or anything? Yes. Have to do is put everything in his hand. 
Let him work it out. Hallelujah. He can do a better job than we Hallelujah. Amen. Let's bow our heads and thank God for this service. Lord, we thank you and we praise you, God, for what we felt today. We thank you for the move of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, God, for the Word as it was taught, God, and it went forth in various different ways today. And now bless each and every one. Keep everybody till it's time to meet again. We give you the praise and glory. In Jesus' name, let the church say, God bless you. We love you in the Lord. Hallelujah.